welcome to another episode of Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for joining me here again today. Uh, today we're going to take a bit of a different turn. We're going to have a conversation uh, about music. Uh, fandom, when I say fandom is everything, I truly mean all-encompassing. Everything that you're passionate about can be your fandom. And that, for me, music has always been a huge part of my passion, a huge part of my drive, my motivation. Uh, so today what I thought we would do is take a little bit of a different track and uh, have a conversation with some of the musicians that I know the best. And that would be uh, my bandmates in the band Another Sentiment. So uh, I want to welcome you guys all to the show today. Uh, first uh, and foremost, we got uh, my guitar player, James. James? Hey, hello. Hey. Uh, we got Shane, our bass player. Hey, how's it going? Good. And uh, Brandon, our drummer. Yo. Yo. Right. Man, a few words. Um, so uh, like we start with uh, all of our different podcasts, I like to kind of throw it out to my guests and uh, <coughs> talk about uh, just a little bit about what you know, you're passionate about, where your fandoms lie in. Just kind of get a feel where you guys are. Not necessarily uh, surrounding music, but just in general. Uh, what's something that you're passionate about, Brandon? Uh, music. I mean, that's really <laughs> the only true big passion in my life. And how long have I, you how long have you been doing music? Oh, I've been playing this and that since high school. So, what's it been? Almost fifteen years. Okay. And uh, what about for you, Shane? Uh, it's kind of music as well, actually. Um, started in middle school when I actually, me and Brandon are brothers, so we actually, I brought his guitar for a bit, started learning guitar a little, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't good for the first, like, three years, and then I got really, really into it, and I, I picked myself up, um, got really into music, and I started learning all different genres, going about... Um, meeting different people in different areas, introduced me to different bands and music, and it, it's it been great ever since. So. Right on, right on. How about you, James? Oh, God. Um, well, I know it's music with well, you. Well, of course, I mean, <laughs> music. Oh, God, I don't want to sound like those guys. This guy got uh, me into uh, vinyl record collecting. Oh, yeah, I've thing. been collecting vinyl for 10, 10, 10 or 12 years now. You've got uh, quite an impressive collection. Really... Anything pre-2000 Nintendo, too. I mean... Oh. <laughs> hell yeah. We're right there together with those video games, too. Trust me. The the, the pre-2000s Nintendo shit was the best, man. <laughs> Shout out, Nintendo 64. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag what? Nintendo 64. Oh, okay, there you go. You gotta finish the hashtag. So, the hashtag all right. was before the Nintendo 64. Yeah, I don't care. You know what? He smokes a lot of pot. <laughs> so uh, fucking light up. <laughs> light up. <laughs> well, see, that, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today is uh, smoking weed. Everybody, no, smoking weed. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we can turn into Joe Rogan for that. <laughs> but and he does it better. Trust me. Um, but what I kind of want to talk about is is in fact that passion for music. Uh, I know for me personally, um, I've been doing live music off and on for about mm, fifteen years. And uh, I've discovered that in a large capacity, being able to get up and sing, being able to get up and express my feelings through music and uh, the way I write it, the way I sing it, it is really uh, not just stress relief, but depression relief for me. Uh, and I've, I've found it really helps to tackle things like the depression and the anxiety that I typically feel day to day. And I know listening to music has always had that effect on me as well. Music is, of course, 
uh, key in controlling mood um, for whatever you're trying to be in, whether you want to be depressed, whether you want to be uplifted, whether you want to be happy, sad, angry. I mean, there's a music for everything. So uh, music for me has always been a very big uh, uh, catharsis, I guess. So, I mean, what about... What about y'all? I mean, uh, music as far as, I know creativity goes, uh, I've had the, the pleasure of working with you guys for the last year and a half, so, I mean, I know creatively, creatively you guys are very uh, savvy musically, but uh, what does music do for you? I mean, for me, it's much like you. Depression, anxiety, keeps me from doing the stupid stuff that I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> uh <laughs> Stuff that James does as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Alongside music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's it's my release. You know. It's Ooh, that's the, a good word. It's a release. Yes. I say they throw around words like catharsis, you know? and you guys use release. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, music helps me speak sometimes, uh, especially when I don't know. How to how to get words out with people or even myself? I'll 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 start playing music and the way that I'm feeling will come out through uh, the not only the chord progressions that I play but like the 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 way that I strum the guitar, the way that I I play the notes and I bend the notes and how hard I press them to change the tone and this and that. It's just it uh, it all comes out through my guitar playing. Uh, most of the time the things that I don't know how to say and then it'll help it'll help me slow my brain down so that I can put it all into words and talk about it later see and I find that's actually really apropos because for me it gives me a voice like I'm able to say things uh, much more clearly and much more uh, pointedly through my lyrics that maybe I couldn't get across you know just trying to have a conversation with someone and I find that that's often the case so music does definitely give more of a voice to me much in the same way well and, so. and I mean that even comes with <clears throat> like covering songs that that we we like and enjoy and this and we're just playing along to the song that you're trying to learn and throwing in your own little doodads and shit or your little vocal trebles intonations and, and just making it your own and, <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it just it's just it all comes out that way right it's nice well i know uh all three of you play quite a few different instruments is that correct yeah yes James? i mean i mean i i James. i can you play, you play string fretted instruments i play string fretted instruments and things i can hit with wood <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can hit anything uh, with wood. Debatable. <laughs> I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. What about you, Shane? How many instruments do you play? Um, let's see. I do saxophone a little bit. I haven't touched it in years. Um, you can't see on, it, but I'm flipping them off. I <laughs> uh, started on the clarinet before saxophone in a middle school band. Bass clarinet, uh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, guitar. Uh, I play bass in the band. And I have recently picked up drums again, which I have discovered I really enjoy playing. It's so, fun to fucking hit things. Uh, Dude, that's why it's so things. cool having the drum set here. It's like, you know, not only 
That's why I went and bought a drum set. Yeah. I, I have one at home. It was really nice. So you can Did you actually go, go buy a drum set? Yeah, yeah dude. That's why I'm going and I'm, I'm going to go pick up a bass here next yeah, week. There you go. Because I want a bass here. Like, you guys are making me feel lazy because all I can do is sing. We'll go pick up a fucking keyboard. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There $20 go. Casio off offer up. Let's go, cuz. Kazoo. Like, get a kazoo. kazoo. They kazoo. have electric kazoos over at Music 6. No, nah, go oh, play the electric wow. triangle, bro. <laughs> Ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, ding. <laughs> Just make sure you have a rubber handguard. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, you, Brandon. How many uh, instruments do you play? Instruments I play. Uh, so I started with the guitar, picked up the ukulele. Uh, ukulele. Dabble a little bit with the mandolin. Ooh, um, eight strings. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, those are hard to play. Actually, I tried to, tried to <laughs> I, play a mandolin different. one time, and I, I, my fingers didn't work on it. Yeah, they're it's, small. And it's, you gotta press it really hard. It's I can play the ute kind of, but the yeah, that's the thing is, is if you get get used to the playing the ute, <coughs> then you just add four more strings and you're good to go. Because that's so easy. Is to it do. practically <laughs> just the same chord? But also steel strings, so they're harder uh, to press. No, it's a little different. Oh, okay. a little different. Um, Sorry, yeah, we're, so, so <laughs> I'm a learn bitch. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, you play banjo. Uh, I've been wanting to pick it up. I of want you yeah. to pick I it up. I want to pick it up. <laughs> you know, I should have given him that, that 1920s banjo uke that I found yeah. after I got it fucking repaired. My mom has one. So yeah? yeah That's fucking cool. I don't know if it's a 20s, but it's, it's, it's old. old. Tell mom to send it up the line. It's just an hour and a half away. Um, but, uh, and then sorry. the drums, of course. Drums, drums of course. course. Yeah. Um, he plays kicking drums, bro. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> by accident. <Yeah. laughs> by accident. Hey, can I be your right. rhythm guitarist? No, but that drummer spot though. Like, <laughs> I, I I like the fact that when I came into the band, uh, I was talking to them and I'm like, oh okay, so Shane's playing the bass and James's guitar and then oh Brandon's the drummer. He's like, yeah, kinda. And I'm like, what the hell do you mean kinda? He's like, well, they needed a drummer, so I'm learning how to play drums. It's like that is. Very interesting. Yeah, he started out in our phones as better than a drum machine. So, <laughs> well, I would hope that I started out in Shane's phone as my own name. No. <laughs> no. I mean, ever since you were kids. I'm not going to tell you what you were in my phone. Fucking predicted. He knew it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, as far as uh, musical tastes go, I know that, uh, I know James, your musical taste is fucking all over the map. It's everywhere. Uh, but as far as... Uh, Goes all the way up and down the Yellow Brick Road. The inspirations yeah. for uh, how you write and who you write to. Oh, God. Inspirations for how I write. <clears throat> well, uh, not even just anything Rage Against the Machine, but anything Tom Morello. Uh, Audio Slave. Fucking the really early Rage Against the Machine albums. Um... All the stuff that he's done otherwise. Uh, I'm so excited to hear they're touring again. Yeah. Um, System of a Down, Tool. Yeah. Uh, Tool mostly because of the off-timing aspect of, of how they can take a certain timing in the song and, uh, like, like uh, what's his name? Carrie, the drummer. How he... Uh, Dana Carey? Yeah, 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 the drummer. Um, how he can, on the new album, Chocolate Danny Chip Carey. Trip. Danny Carey. Danny Carey. On the, on fucking that 30 second clip in, uh, 
fucking chocolate chip trip of the new album where he t- he took the rule of sevens and chopped it up so much and still kept it in time that's i love that shit like that is so much fun to me i love just just <laughs> making it sound like it's changing time so many times but it, it's not it's all in the same time it's all the same tempo it's 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 a lot of fun uh, well, I know we share a lot of sensibilities in that regard as well, because we've had a conversation about how the way that I write my lyrics and structure my lyrics, I've always been very influenced by Tool and very influenced by very Tool-ish, the yeah. And in fact, I fronted a Tool tribute band for four and a half years, and uh, the reason we got into that is because it sounded interesting, and I didn't know how fucking difficult it would be at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just foolishly said, hey, let's let's do that. That sounds like fun. And boy, did I fuck up. Uh, that was a lot of work, but uh, it was a lot of fun as well. So, and I mean, like even even really early, like uh, the album uh, "Women and Children First from Van Halen is another big inspiration to me, just because of how uh, the guitar tones that he he used on that album, and and it's just it's incredible how he got all of that tone out of one single pickup and them old Kramer guitars, uh, but. Uh, fucking Pantera, Dimebag, Daryl, <laughs> you know, just uh, just crazy, fast-paced guitarists that can bend time any way they want, and that's I I try to put that in a lot of the the songs that we that we write in another sentiment like this, ooh, new track, outward psychosis. <laughs> oh, it's uh, not to drop a plug or anything. It's <laughs> a, it's a really heavy song, and it it'll punch you in the face, and then it comes into the verse, and it's just this chunky fucking beat, and the 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 five notes that I play in that they just five yeah well well, yeah but (laughs) it's the way that it's structured yeah shut up (laughs) I'm just messing with you but uh, um it's it's being able to bend time the way that I can now because of how I've learned and taught myself to play guitar helped me write that song and I love that song personally Uh, Shane what about you Uh, what are your influences uh, my influences are kind of all over the board, like James's. Um, but as far as the music I really have gotten into lately, the kind of heavier, uh, heavy rock and kind of metal-ish, um, I've got a big influence from Mudvayne. Ooh! Especially the the bassers they got going on in there. Um, uh, just the 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 way he goes back between slapping really, really and uh, yeah. fingering in uh, "Scream with Me" and just the, that gr- chorus, the grittiness just the, of it, yeah. Oh man, and the uh, just the riffs that they go into and Tool as well. Uh, I love that off time, but if you really dig into it, their songs are almost always the same time signature in the whole song. But you it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like no, and it's because, it's because they, they bend those notes they, and chop the and time chop like they do exactly. Oh, it's, love it's, that it's shit. so beautiful. What about you, Brandon? Musical influences? Uh, John change it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't even joke because, yeah, John actually, Denver was a badass. Yeah, like, don't, I mean, when I was playing Denver acoustic what? guitar, definitely one of the one of those, uh, yeah. but <laughs> that's me. As far as the drumming goes, uh, what I'm doing now, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a dick, but myself. 
That's my influence because I. All right, can't... If you're gonna sound like a de- dick. Defend yourself. <laughs> I, Let's hear it. I I cannot sit back and listen. I I will pick things. I've picked things from John Bonham. I've picked things from uh, Vinnie Paul. Uh, all kind of different places. I'll pick and choose, but I I had I don't sit there and really listen to a drummer and say I want to sound like him. Right. I don't want to sound like him. You want to sound. I want like to sound, sound like, like me. Okay, yeah. no, I feel that. I feel that. No. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think the the you make a great point. The sounding like me, I want to have my own sound. That comes with, I think that comes with taking inspiration from these people, mm-hmm. and and finding a way to do it yourself, uh, and finding, like I don't like my guitar tone. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't sound like Dimebag Daryl's. It doesn't sound like Tom Morello's. It doesn't doesn't sound like Kirk Hammett or anyone like that. It it it's mine, and I have it. I have it. I have it set specifically that way. Just like you have your drums. You have your drum kit set up the way it's easiest for you to do those things that you have taught yourself to do. Debatable. <laughs> it's a work oh, when you just had a new Tom rack. Yeah, yeah. had a new rack of Toms, and now it's difficult. Oh, fuck me! He painted like... himself into a corner, literally. <laughs> we had to finish yeah, the entire to... set before we could even get him out of the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Move your whole instrument just to get out from where yep. you're standing. It's kind of true. Was only one symbol. Put a rack mount on it and put wheels on it. Hey, me too. hey! Just put locking wheels. There you go. There you go. See, it's a good idea. Uh, all right, so kind of. To everyone in general, it's like, uh, have you? What is the a concert you've been to maybe that has really informed the way you perform? I know for me, there's been uh, a couple different concerts that I've seen that really informed the way that I work the stage, uh, the way that I don't work the stage. Uh, again, I, I attribute a lot of my uh, early stage work to Tool. Uh, however, uh, he doesn't work the stage. He's afraid of working the stage. He does not want to be seen. He does not want to be the center of attention. So uh, Sounds like a vocalist we used to know. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention any names. Um, but you know who you are. You, you knit hat wearing motherfucker. Uh, but, I mean, well, no. he hides. Mander James Keenan hides in darkness on the stage. And the darkness follows him wherever he goes. Because he does not want to be seen. And I found myself... Trying to emulate that at first, but then realizing that's not part of the show that I want to do. I want to be seen because I'm having fun. You can see it on my face that I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And your crowd really feeds off of that energy. So I kind of went the other way with that. But like somewhere where I would say I took a lot of inspiration from crowd work wise would be uh, uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. He fucking owns a crowd. When he's on that stage and in front of you, he owns that crowd. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I have that feeling in me that when I'm in front of people, I want to have them in front of me, nodding along to what I'm doing, throwing their hands up to what I'm doing, and fucking repeating back after me when, you know, it's time for that. That's what really motivates me. But as far as guitar players, James, so for you, uh, if you had to pick uh, stylistically a guitar player on stage, has anyone... Or, or like a concert that I've been to that is that is uh, well, just kind of shaped the way that you play. You know, believe it or not, the very first time I saw, um, the first time I saw Slayer, 
Okay. I saw. I mean, I mean, there was there was a whole bunch of bands that played that day. I mean, Slipknot played that day. Slayer, Motorhead, fucking. It was a killer show. Um, but (laughs) everybody in Slayer, except I mean, the fucking vocalist moves around on stage. They, they, I mean, and not a little. Except (laughs) I mean, except for I mean, they move forward and back. They, they, they walk up the stage and down the stage, and that's but they're not standing. That's really about it. But they aren't like standing still. They're uh, Carrie King's moving his bald fucking head everywhere which way he can go and that's fucking sweet you know uh jeff hanneman was the same way um the way that uh mick thompson plays guitar and he's swinging his hair 24 goddamn seven uh if you've ever seen another sentiment on stage you know that i am not one to stand around and just James is not play shy. my music. No, no. no. <laughs> I have jumped into crowds. Uh, I have jumped off you of drum risers. I've guitar in my hit <laughs> people who are too close to the performers with git pickers. Yes, ma'am, I have. It's not their fault. You go into the crowd. I do because... You know, sometimes you got to be I the crowd, to. huh? <laughs> I got um, into my own mosh pit once and I got elbowed so hard I separated a rib. I couldn't do that anymore. The When I'm on stage, I want to give people something to look at. I don't want them to just, I mean, I don't want them to... Turn to, this into a shoegaze band? Exactly. I don't I don't want people to just stand there bored. I want to give the crowd energy. And in that, at that point, I have to give... All of the energy that I have on stage so that the people feel it out in the crowd and they want to go nuts. Right. That's my thing. And even when I do vocals, that's why that's why I push so hard. That's why I, I scream so goddamn loud. That's, you know, it's... When it's we can keep put... you in front of your microphone. Well, I mean, hey, okay. I'm, all right. I'm telling you, I'm like stationary, just swinging over towards me Yes, but every time we give a mic to you, yeah, you you make goddamn jokes. Dad I jokes. haven't made a single dad joke yet. That's not all. Yet. <laughs> not, <laughs> not yet. technically a microphone. What about you, Brandon? Let's go to you. Uh, uh, any performances you can think of that kind of uh... outside of local style performances from local bands? I've actually only been to two professional concerts. Really? And that three. was Jars of Clay. Four. Oh, I remember Jars of Clay. That was Jars of Clay playing at uh, Texas State Fair one did, year. Did you grow up particularly religious? No, I did not. Okay. Um, I like them, though. They're a good band. I like them. They're decent. Um, and then uh, Brooks Jesus. and Dunn. Two years before... Uh, I'll give you Brooks and Dunn. They're Brooks and Dunn. They, I, I, those guys... I don't even have to like country to respect them. Yeah. I mean, they're talented as hell. That, that was... That was uh, that's it. Live that I've seen that's professional done. What about you, Shane? Um, what have you seen live? Uh, so seen live because um, you said what four? Of course, Jarry Clay. It was in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, was, was I thought it was in Dallas. Was it in Dallas? I thought it was in Dallas. Somewhere in Texas. Yeah. I remember I lost. I was very young. I lost a little inflatable sword, and I was losing <laughs> my goddamn mind over it. I was so sad. But yeah, we saw Jars of Clay. Yeah. I don't remember it well because I was very young. Um, skip forward like two, ten, twelve years. Uh, one of my most memorable performances I saw was actually uh, Coheed and Cambria and Porcupine Tree. Um, Porcupine Tree opened up for Coheed, and they uh, they fed off both off of each other and of the crowd. And it was their performance was amazing. Like just seeing the guitarist stand up in front of the mic. He he was doing a lead guitar as well. He would just 
if the crowd was really into it, he would play his solo longer, and he would get really into the rhythm of it. Just like yeah, but if they like were just we do with like, Rise Up at the end of that, like hell yeah, up, yeah. They and if they weren't really feeling it, he no could clue. feel the crowd, and he would just kind of back off the solo a bit. They'd finish up the song and move on to the next one, um, and then their communication on stage with each other, uh, kind of similar to the way we do it. We just kind of we can communicate just with looking at each other. This Angry is, expressions. And this is how it goes from <laughs> here on out. And it's that's uh, yeah. Shane, Shane, and I do that. Shane and I will look at each very, other on stage very and. Frequently. and uh, I mean, there there have been times where I forgot how a song is gone right in the middle of us playing it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep playing this, and then I'm going to look over at Shane. <laughs> and then he will he will catch my eye, and he will turn his whole body, and he just will show, show me what he's playing. Play <laughs> See, but I'm, I'm just like, any of that. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, show. here we go. <laughs> I did that at the last show. I completely forgot how the first verse started. Yep. I just walk over to Shane's cabin, and I just kind of just look like, I forgot. I don't know. It doesn't Just keep playing. Just shit. Skip the first verse. Skip oh, well. the first. I did. I was kind of drunk. Uh, uh, we say watermelon over and over, really softly. Just Water just say watermelon. No, just or this song is so Mouth watermelon, and then they'll think that the, the, the sound got like deadened for some reason. I could just do some uh, mumble lyrics, like Pearl yeah, we'll do, like, do, we'll, we'll become a better. mumble rap metal band. Oh, oh god, mumble metal, mumble metal. Yes. Oh no. No, that's and our first cover will be Baby Shark. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) And then the one, and then then the eight seven seven Cash Now song. I'm convinced we have to do that. By the way, it's my settlement. I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking JG Wentworth. Okay, but uh, well, okay. So okay, so we talked about you guys' first concert, and I'm gonna fuck you guys up because. What was your first concert you ever went to? Do you remember? Uh, Def Leppard, Sticks, and Foreigner. That's so much better than mine. That was my first concert, so and much better and than we mine. had one we had one tickets off of the fucking radio station, and uh, it was like ninety four five or something like that, and uh, <laughs> I can't remember what the question was, but the answer was Shrek two, and everybody everybody <laughs> kept everybody fucking kept calling in. And they kept saying Shrek, and it's just like, no, no. And after the fifth person, my dad had gotten fed up and called in and answered correctly. And lo and behold, here come tickets in the mail for Def Leppard, Sticks, and Foreigner. And we were fucking late to that show. We were fucking late. Fucking (laughs) Sticks. Sticks was playing their last song. Renegade as we parked the car. <laughs> I love a way to like, finish a set. Like the whole first verse where he's just singing and it's the fucking drum beat. That's what oh we heard. Yeah. That's what we heard walking up yeah. to the venue from the car. That ah, was that beginning. Shit. Yeah. We're like, oh, at least it was only sticks. Like, <laughs> dude, no I mean, it, and Foreigner put on a kick ass show and, and Def Leppard put on a kick ass show. Man, it was, it was great. Does. Well, I'll tell you this and, and, it's, it was radio station tickets. Again, not one by me, but one by the girl I was trying to impress at the time. Well, well she impressed you. No. Nah. <laughs> no, it ended up being a uh, pretty Watch bad this. situation <laughs> all the way around. Uh, but uh, the <coughs> first concert I went to, and I can't believe I'm admitting this on a podcast that's going to be aired to maybe 15, 20 people, but um, Michael Bolton. You need to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> right goddamn now. Hey, I celebrate his entire catalog, okay? Yuck. <laughs> you didn't even get to the best part. 
Who opened for him? Yoko Ono? No. Oh, no! Celine Dion. Oh! (laughs) Pre-Titanic fame, pre-anything. Celine was Michael Bolton's opening act. I have never... That's a whole night of PMS. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I have never been so... No offense to Michael Bolton or Celine Dion. You're fabulous No, full offense, Steve. But... I have never been so goddamn bored at a concert <laughs> in my life. And the entire point was 16-year-old Kevin trying to make headway with a girl he was into. Listening Nothing. to Michael Bolton. Stonewall the entire night. It's like, all right, well, this was a complete and utter waste of my time. I'm sorry, but, but if you can get a hard-on to Michael Bolton, you're fucking weird. Okay? <laughs> That's not you. Don't impress a woman to Michael Bolton. No, no, I didn't win the tickets. I know, but she she didn't. She invited me. No, that's and I was stupid enough and go. Sure, why not? I got nothing better to do. Let me be bored. Plenty better to do. Now I know. (laughs) There's a whole lot of things. In retrospect, when a man loves a woman, right? Something better to do. Go mow the grass. (laughs) I'm bald and I can go go wash my hair. Wow. uh, So there you go. That's my my admission for the day. Is I I have seen. Not enjoyed. Celine Dion and Michael Bolton both live. That is a combo. Yeah, it was, and he still had the hair. He still oh. was rocking. Oh, that, so he was. He was her hair. You still had the hair too. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a lot of years ago. <laughs> when you sit down to write a song, is there any one thing in particular that motivates you to write a song? Is it, is it an emotional thing? Is it a I've just got these notes fiddling around in my head? Usually it's just like a uh, notes fiddling around in my head thing. Um, I, you come I do... up with shit off the drop of a hat. <laughs> he does. I do a lot of driving at work. And so I'll just be driving, listening to a song, and all of a sudden I hear a different riff in the back of my head. I turn the song off. I mentally kind of like hear the whole thing out. I go home. I write it. And I share it with you guys. I think I've done... What like seven songs like that now? Done a lot. Um, oh, I, I mean, we, and not all taken, of these are finished no, either. No. So like, we've only finished uh, I think two of the ones that I've sent. Three, three of the ones that I've sent to you guys. Um, no, it's fantastic but, because we'll literally yeah. sit there and go, and then we'll, we'll get, get a group text and be like, "Hey, I got this great <laughs> idea." It's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" And by the time we, have, goes, what are you talking it's about? It's on the drive. It's on the drive. Listen, and we get <laughs> like, a digital, shit. we get a digital MIDI copy of it, and it's like, yeah. "Oh, well, now we know exactly what the hell you were thinking." And it's cool because Shane knows, Shane and I, when Shane and I get to drinking, we get to writing. We get to writing. So Shane, Brandon, and I used to live together. and uh, Party hands. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Um, but, Brandon uh, didn't say anything. Debatable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, what was that? That one night that you and I got fucking plastered off a of rum. And we oh. sat in in your in we were in your room and we wrote that like that twenty minute dream theater sounding yeah. fucking thing, which will come out one day. But sure. <laughs> it needs some polish. It needs some we polish. Really drunk. But, but we, oh god, were we drunk? Oh, <laughs> but but um, kind of wish I was drunk now. There, there. I was there in the snowstorm. Wasn't that was that was, that was yeah, during the snowstorm? That's what I thought. Mm. Yeah, with two feet of snow outside, the Glen fucking Levin out in the snow. <laughs> Jeez, that was that great. Was awesome. um, that's a very strange procedure. <laughs> I'm sure it's not Fuck the y'all weirdest. Fuck you for not wanting to finish that snowman. <laughs> hey, I wanted to finish. He was a metal hey, fucking. You snowman. passed out. Yeah, he did. I, inside. <laughs> oh, you didn't pass out in the snow. No, no okay. I was very no. drunk and I was tackling people in the snow. Yes. 
Like random people? No, him and I. Just, <laughs> him no, and I. Brandon. Surprised you don't have a criminal record. <clears throat> but I don't know. Uh, I think. I think for me, it's an emotional thing. I, if I, I mean, I'll get upset or uh, I will be uh, under the influence of hallucinogens and be feeling something <laughs> very heavy. Uh, uh, hey, there. Fuck. Uh, there have been a few songs that I've written that have come out like uh, "Rise Up" was one of them. Uh, that that was a wonderful LSD trip. Uh, <laughs> Feel your fandom podcast does not endorse or promote the use of illegal drugs or substances. No, not at all. I'm not saying go do drugs. I'm saying I do they drugs. Can <laughs> help in the. I'm not saying go do drugs. I'm saying yeah, I, I have. <laughs> I, I have maybe dabbled. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, they're, they're, and even being an empath, uh, feeling things, uh, stronger than some other people, I will be playing a riff and I'll just, I'll feel something and then I'll just go with it. Uh, it's, it's a very deep connection that I have to music because of what I have come from. And how music has helped me do that. Uh, uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall is, is an album that, uh, if you haven't listened to all the way through, you should. Cause, it's been a hot minute. But, but yeah. uh, um, it's, it's, it's an extreme emotional thing for me. Okay. It goes fucking deep. <laughs> it goes real deep. All right, so we'll take a break here for a little quick commercial. We'll come back and uh, continue talking with uh, another sentiment. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. Thanks for sticking around. So now, uh, we were talking about uh, musical inspirations and things like that. And uh, I, I think uh, one of the inspirations for me in particular, um, late late 2018, early 2019, I went off of my mood-altering medication uh, yes. because 
I could no longer afford to take it. I remember this. Yes, and so I was having a real hard time. Well, that's um, when, uh, what was it, Broken Halo came out? Uh, no, it was a bit before that. No, it was You Won't Break You Won't Break, you won't break Me. You Won't Break Me, right. So, and, uh, and that's what I'm getting calling. to. <laughs> yeah. We started writing, and I was having a real hard time figuring out where to to place uh, my emotions and how to, to deal with uh, God, that's coming down cold turkey off of two years of mood-altering medication, and it's not easy. And so when I was uh, coming down off of that, I was coming up with these really... Uh, aggressive sounding songs uh, we wrote we were writing a song called you won't break me but uh, originally it was uh, you can't kill me or you won't kill me was originally what the original beat was going to be and i think it's i'll never forget this we were sitting around and uh, i was having a real hard time nailing together the finish on it and uh, it was me james and uh, shane brandon was sick in his room uh dying of the man flu and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh I didn't even know that he could hear what we were saying, but You're I was loud as fuck. <laughs> we are loud as we are, <laughs> James. <clears throat> uh, but I was sitting there talking to him about you know having trouble finding where to point this and and having a target for the for the song, and, and he just walks out like a fucking gorilla in the mist. It was a majestic fucking fake. He just. <laughs> and he walks out. He just walks and out, he, and he fucking looks at me, and he goes, "What if you're fighting yourself?" And then walks and back, and then right. strolls away. And I'm sitting here stoned as shit, and I'm like, "Oh!" And I'm just like, I "That looked, was some prophetic." I looked to James, shit, and I looked, I looked at Shane. I looked at James. I looked at Shane, and I'm like, I'm yelling at Brandon in the back. I'm like. Yo, you can't just come out here and drop shit like that and leave. Get your ass back you, out here. How but that's that's ultimately did you fuck my life up. You just and leave, right, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Maybe you're just fighting yourself. Five words, and it changed the entire nature of that song. Because instead of being a song that's angry about uh, uh, someone who's done you wrong <coughs> or some kind of physical altercation or. Uh, Anything like that, which is what direction the song I've been going in, which is not something I have a whole lot of experience with. I don't get into a whole lot of fights. I'm not really a physical kind of guy. But but that physical, that, that mental, that mental battle with the voices in your head, that got me. That really got me. And that put so much feel behind that song for me. Because the song basically became... You know, all these voices in your head trying to tell you that you ain't shit. You're not going to amount to shit. You'll always be shit. And then the voice in the song going, you won't break me. You won't. No matter how hard you try, you won't break me. And it's become kind of like an anthem for me. So has there been any kind of moments like that for you guys where it's just a song or a pe Not necessarily even something that you wrote, but something that you kind of jive to that kind of carries over and sticks with you. Like, what, what kind of uh, catharsis can music bring along? Do you have any stories like that? Catharsis in, you know, I guess the one thing is, like, if I'm really pissed off, or really upset, really mad, I don't want to listen to something that's going to calm me down. You don't no. want to sit back and you listen to, listen to something that's So I pop in the Slayer, <laughs> I pop in the... The Metal! Metal, uh, what's those no, guys' names? The... <laughs> uh, protest the Hero. Ooh! Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fucking volumes and... Ooh. It depends on me for the Sonic. night, but yeah, that's... 
some solid, heavy emotional shit that you can. Well, I mean, I mean, with definitely with what Brandon said about the whole, I don't really want to listen to something that's going to calm me down. But uh, so just because a song is heavy doesn't mean that it's metal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there there are very very nice poppy, happy sounding <laughs> songs that are very dark. Uh, there's a song called Picture Book by uh, Simply Red. Uh, it's a very dark, very slow song, very kind of groovy beat, but it's it's very dark. And it's just every other song that they do is very just upbeat and jazzy and happy and fun. And this song just comes in at the end of the album and it's just very dark and angry and, and angsty and kind of kind of brooding. Back there in the background, we all get dark and broody and angsty, and, and it's it's you know it, that's it, not just for emos. <laughs> <laughs> We're all emo. It's twenty nine scene, bro. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I find my I find myself when I get really angsty. Uh, yes, I sink into a lot of heavier metal, um, like punchy shit. Ha ha, <laughs> but. I There's think, a Pantera album for every feeling that you have. Oh, I like, damn sure there is. And it gets they they just get heavier, and it's awesome. You know, I love that shit. But I find myself singing into things like even though I get into uh, I've been on a real streak with uh, uh, early to mid '90s uh, hip hop. Aha, uh-huh. like gangster rap. When when hip hop was good, fucking Esham, the unholy. And, Jesus, I haven't listened to some Esham in forever. Ooh, but uh, I mean, old school Wu Tang, Ice Cube, fucking. Uh, N.W.A. Uh, Tupac Shakur. No Vaseline, bro. No Vaseline was uh, such an emotional song, and I got really into that subset of hip hop when I was going back and looking specifically for the diss tracks, the anger, the bile, the vitriol, and I love those. Sometimes hit them up by Tupac. Oh, you can the feel song the that anger started that. the fight between East and West. Oh, good oh was Lord. that the one that kicked it off? I it, it, some people say it's no no Vaseline, or they they say that that no Vaseline's a better diss track than Hit 'Em Up, but no, I I personally disagree. don't think so. Well, because no Vaseline was just strictly between Ice Cube and N.W.A. I, I well I Hit know, but was that definitely the, East the Coast whole, West Coast, the whole East Coast, but <laughs> <laughs> um, he just lit up Bad Boy in general. Uh, yeah, the whole fucking crew. Okay, so. Uh, even I'll even go to like was going back to the subject about how you know writing music and and uh, inspirations that we we take from from certain things. I'll even go back to to old hip hop beats yeah. because and you know eighties and and nineties and even some early two thousands hip hop uh, because what hip hop does to create their beat is they take the breakdown or the the very funky bridge part of a song and they will just use that as the beat and they will just sample it and multiply it times over and i think that's why i like the old west coast hip-hop the best because they sampled a lot of parliament and a lot of mm-hmm. the early... and and with you know it uh, how sometimes and and they have to come up with transitions between you know the four the four bars of the same exact beat that they have to, you know, they have to make it, they have to give it a hook. And sometimes those hooks will, will 
Catch a fish. <laughs> you, so to speak. No. Well, yes. No. Well, if the fish is the thought, sir. Okay. So, it, it, it will catch. It's called a hook. <laughs> but he will. This is uh, why he doesn't have a microphone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but sometimes those transitions will help me figure out how I can transition from one very, like, uh, like a very super, uh, super fast bridge part or whatever back to a chorus or a a verse part or uh even a even a breakdown you know let's take it away from uh uh strictly speaking the musical side of things now shane uh correct me if i'm wrong but you and your brother you guys have both done poetry writing correct i used to do a little bit yeah i know uh brandon does a fair bit more than i do yeah did Uh, did good both used to then i guess yeah do you uh, you fancy yourselves writers or poets, or do you just is that kind of in the past? Or you know, I used to love writing, um, like short stories, uh, poems, all sorts of stuff. Um, I I tried to get back into it a couple years back, and it you know I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I was very passionate about. I could never find myself to make the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my my passions nowadays lean more towards writing music. Uh, and expressing that uh, through with you guys as well. Um, I feel that. I, I've had the same issue. I've had a, a book that I wrote, was it, nine years ago almost now, and uh, it never got past first draft because that takes effort and time. And, yeah. and I sat down and did that for National Novel Writing Month uh, nine years ago and uh, never picked it back up. I tried picking it back up a couple times, even recently, as far as back as a month ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a matter of there's other things I'd rather be doing. I'd rather be writing music with you guys or discussing uh, cooking recipes. I did a cooking show for a while, and uh, then I realized I wanted my face behind the camera, not in front of the camera. So uh, now we do a podcast because you guys don't have to look at me. So <laughs> Probably the best. Probably for the best. I've got a face made for radio. Yeah. Um, but uh, <gasps> Let's take it away from music then for a second. Let's talk about something nerdy. You guys all play video games. What was the last video game that you dumped any kind of considerable amount of time into? Brandon, go. Uh, Zelda. Which Just one? All of them. Because good answer. Yeah. <laughs> was what's the one? Uh, a Link Between Worlds. Oh, oh was that the 3DS? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved that game. Yeah. That was that was the one that came out that felt the closest to an original uh, Zelda SNES title game. Uh, no, it's the same exact world as right. Link to the Past. I'm saying it was so very much beholden to the originals oh, okay. Okay. that it felt right. It felt natural to me, and I loved I loved every piece of that game. Yeah. I bought it twice. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Shane? Most recent video call. game and really current, actually, I just picked it back up. Uh, Diablo three. I have sank. They oh, just gosh. announced. Diablo they just announced 4. Diablo four, yep. and it looks so good. Yep. Ah. Oh. Uh, the, only thing I'm not, the only thing I'm not uh, yes. super excited about in Diablo 4 is that the overworld is 100% all the time multiplayer. Ugh. You can't do single player in the overworld. All the like sub-dungeons and stuff you, you go into, it's just you Instance. or your party. But the overworld <clears throat> is the whole MMO thing that every game is going Fucking towards Fucking live services everywhere. Well, yeah. but... but, but... The thing about it too is though the PvP is consensual. It's, I saw yes, that is in yes. quotes consensual. There are certain PvP. areas that you can opt into <laughs> PvP, which is going to be nice. 
I just don't know how much I'm going to like. Because they mentioned a, a, this <laughs> new boss they're introducing that is going, you're going to need to team up to fight it. I'm not going to enjoy that. I like soloing that games. Cool. I like yeah. being able to figure out how to do things myself. I hate having to depend on other people to you play. You know who took over for the Diablo 4 creation, right? No. The former guy that was doing World of Warcraft. Of course. Ah, son of a bitch. So. Oh, Nothing against last... Warcraft. Nothing against Warcraft. Oh, the last game that I... The last game that I sunk any sort of time into... Uh, me and my roommate were playing... Uh, Quake 2 on Jesus. the Nintendo 64. Holy crap. Oh, man, we beat the <laughs> shit out of that game. That one, and we were playing... Uh, Never we, sell the classic we were playing. Shirt. We were playing Doom. Like the original? Uh, Doom 64. Uh, that's dude, That's another fun one. Try uh, playing that on the VR. If, the Doom VR gives me fucking... If you ever have a chance to sit down and sick. play through Doom 64... I have and Doom. I will. It's amazing. Uh, Turok 2 was another one. Seeds of Evil that See, I was I love playing. It. We're all talking about next-gen games, and we're back here with 64, boy. That that makes my heart smile. Nothing he owns is... I'm huge into retro video gaming, and that makes my heart Dude, smile. Dude, ha- ha- half, this house is older than I am. Fucking... I've got underwear <laughs> older than you are. That's, that's spooky. That's crusty. You need to throw <laughs> them mixes away, sir. Analog is my shit. I, I I would much rather listen to my records. So There's the guy than, with the digital pedal. Uh, yeah, but it's tube powered. <laughs> yeah. <I> okay. <laughs> it's fucking tube powered. I'm the only one analog here. That's <laughs> true. And that's only recent. That's only recent. Yeah. But but, hey, uh, but yeah. So 64 games is that's oh, I mean geez, that's such a great pull. Head. That's such a great pull. Well, okay. Never mind. Me and my roommate did sit down and beat. Uh, the new Super Mario on the Wii, not too long ago. So that I mean, that's kind of you're talking about the original Wii. Yeah. So not new. Uh, not new, 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 new but like <laughs> it's it's kind it's the most recent thing I've sat down and played. Uh, my my I mean my roommate sits and plays uh fucking Borderlands three all day long. So never tried that. He gets heated. He gets oh bro, he gets heated. Oh my god, he was yelling at some little kids. Oh, he was mad. Well, for me, I've been playing a lot of. I told you guys about that zombie game I've been playing. It's called Seven Days to Die. Yeah, it's it's take the idea behind Minecraft. Which is survival, and then like take away all the cartoonish thought, aspects of it. I thought the idea behind Minecraft was to get little kids to annoy the fuck out of their parents. Well, that does that too. I thought so. yeah, that's well, what I mean, it accomplishes. <laughs> it's not a draw. It's just the end result. Uh, but uh, I played dead. the shit out of some Minecraft. But this is like Minecraft with a much more believable, realistic kind of expectation. Uh, you're building to. Uh, keep away the zombies, which of course are zombies in Minecraft. Man, but this Call is of Duty already needed. did that though. Dude, Ark. Fuck Call Come of on. Duty. Ark. I haven't Ark. picked up Ark. 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 If you like Ark. that, Ark. Wow. Wow. If you like that, uh, that genre, Ark is a great game to get into. I wonder if my computer can run it. I've only just built this PC to run video no, games. No, your computer so. can't run it. Well, you you need to have a decent computer to run it on the uh, lowest graphics. I don't. They they did not build it uh, budget PC friendly. But <laughs> I'll play it on the console, but, then I'll play the neutered version. Exactly. They have it on the console. It they have the mobile version. Why do you guys neutered, call that the neutered version? Because, because it is. You can't have it very It's dummied down. Well, like for instance, for Seven Days to Die, I played that on the console first. And Telltale Games was the ones who distributed it for the consoles. It's done by a company called The Fun Pimps. 
Fun Pimps the license. Fun the Pimps? Fun Pimps, yeah. That's the shit. I love that. But they licensed it to Telltale Games to do the console versions. Well, then Telltale Games went tits up. Gone. They took the rights with them, refused to sell them back. For whatever reason. So now, the console version is stuck at like 16.4, I think. And it'll never advance beyond that. Meanwhile, the PC version is now at like 18 point something. It's it's generations ahead where they could have gone and created a new game and said, this is uh, uh, number two. Instead, they just like, okay, we're just going to keep updating this shit and give you more and more and better graphics and better zombies and better spawn points. Well, I mean, better, at that point, why not? I mean, like they were supposed yeah, to do Okay, Destiny. I understand. Like they were supposed oh, to do man. Destiny. Didn't they didn't get started on Destiny. <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, so this is, like I said, we, we could focus on music all we want, but I like to bring in a little bit of nerd aspect to it. I mean, we've all got a bit of that to us. So, um, let's see. Any kind of final thoughts you guys want to add out there uh, as far as uh, being a songwriter or a musician? If you're passionate about something, uh, if you question it, um, just just give it a shot, you know. Um, there was a time early when I started playing music, I questioned if I was going to be any good or if I was going to really enjoy it. Oh, I kept going with it, suck. and wow. <laughs> and uh, here I am, what, 14 years later, still playing music. And- God, uh, you need, everybody needs to find four, four or five guys they like writing music with. Oh, oh I yeah. agree. The, the, the times I've had with these guys... Uh, Playing music, going to shows. It's great. You know. Uh, there's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing really like isn't. it. That and the type of the type of relationship that you get with the guys that you write music with is one that you will not get anywhere else. It's it's uh, it's most definitely the way to go. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'd say that's absolutely fact. I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different musicians of different genres and different uh, avenues of creation over the course of my career as a musician, if you want to call it a career as a musician. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, it's a career. It's a career. It's I have been paid to do it. It's I am a professional musician. Yeah, you get paid to do it. It's so. true. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not the best <laughs> way to describe that. <laughs> you have gotten paid you, to do it. If you're good at anything, <laughs> get paid to do it. Uh, oh, Yes. <laughs> I well, like I be, where uh, this is going. Getting paid for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> this just diverged in a whole different kind of way. But Something I think, uh, kind of uh, bouncing off of what James was saying, I think it's absolutely right. Even if it's not writing music, maybe it's doing a podcast. Maybe it's um, doing a cooking show like I used to do. Find some like-minded people that you can kind of uh, interact with. And maybe they're not like best buddies you sit around doing it all the time. Maybe it's an online community Maybe it's a message board. Maybe it's a Facebook group or whatever it is. Find like-minded individuals that you can share ideas with because you never know what's going to come from that. I mean, I started off my musical career as a goddamn karaoke singer. I did. And I did that for years, and I was okay with it. Singing other people's music, doing it well, getting recognition and winning contests and doing things like that. That was fine for a while. And then... I just had a couple of my friends in the back of my ear going, oh, you're good at this. You should start a band. Oh, you're doing this. You should start a band. That's like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll start a band. And so I started going to open mics and kind of sniped a guitar player from an open mic that way. He brought a guitar player and a bassist with him, and that was my my first band. And it was all top 40 cover shit, but at the same time, it was a start. Well, and the other thing is, 
even, I mean, the, the praises come and all of that and the recognition comes, but like you can't, don't let the negative energy get you down. For sure. There is a lot, a lot of, of negative <laughs> energy oh, out there <laughs> when you are trying to do what you love. And or, it's usually from people who can't do what you do. Yeah. True. 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 But uh, don't let, don't. If anything, collect all them haters so that you can show them later that how do you like me now? Yeah, yeah. you're doing what the Thank hell you, you want. Yeah, to I was do. about to say thanks, <laughs> Toby Keith. Yeah. Singing in your radio. <laughs> I can't tell you how often I've had to explain to people that spite does make a pretty goddamn good motivator. Uh, people have said, "Oh, you can't hold on to that anger. You got to let it go." And I'm like, "Nah, yeah, you got to prove them wrong." <laughs> I've let shit drive me like that before. It's like I've I've gotten promotions at work. Mm-hmm. I've advanced in in my personal life and things just from being like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I'll show you." Listen here, fucker. But see, when I let that drive me, I forget how I got where I was going. Really? How do you mean? Like I black out while I'm driving. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay not really but no i mean so yeah definitely uh you can't rest on your laurels you can get good positive praise but you can only live on that for so long it's i do find oftentimes it is the negativity that pushes me on um and i mean that does seem kind of toxic after a little while because it's like because it's people telling you no but at the certain time it's like but proving it wrong is is strong and beneficial you see the, the positive praise can only uh keep you where you're at it, it tells you you're good at what you're doing keep doing exactly how you're doing it right um but the negative side of that it, if people tell you that you're not doing it good they don't like what you're doing and you feed off of that and you make yourself better off of it you can only go higher than where you were right it you, drives you it drives you to achieve it, yes you don't keep stagnant anymore you, you reach for the next level mm-hmm. that's absolutely I, I mean i agree with that 100 percent. yeah if you had to give uh, an up-and-coming musician any kind of advice, uh, what would you say, James? Exactly what I just said. Don't let the criticism get you down, because there's a lot of it. People will do their best to to get you down, and it's it's not worth listening to if you're having fun. Because I mean, take it from someone who's who's been to so many local shows that I can't really even remember who've all I've seen. Uh, <laughs> there there are some pretty wacky live shows out there that people are trying to get out and it's something they're passionate about but you know what at least they're having fun you know they're that's doing, what, doing what, they what they want, want to, do. to do that's true uh what about you guys i think james pretty much nailed it on the head you i'm like who are we keep doing what you want to do like, if you're having fun doing it who's to tell you to stop like Right. I mean, you don't even have to make something for mass production. You don't have to make a label. You don't have to no, it goes make with, it an goes album. with everything. Like if you could write a poem, you could write the best poem in your heart and no one ever have to see it. Yep. You know, I know that's that's counter to this culture that we live in where you need that instant praise right now. But that's oh, kind of Facebook. the ideal When I used to do my cooking oh, show America. Oh, America. <laughs> when I used to do my cooking show, I would refresh YouTube hourly to try and find out how many hits I've got, how many likes I've got. And that poisoned the idea to its very core to me to the point where I just stopped. I couldn't do it anymore. 
It was very... It wasn't any fun anymore. It stopped being fun. And like they say, if it stops being fun, stop doing it. So the reason that I set out to do this podcast is, is kind of the opposite of that. I don't care, and this sounds bad, and I swear to God, I mean it in the best possible way. I don't care how many of you are out there listening to me right now, okay? I care about the fact that I get to sit and have conversations with some of the people closest to me. We talk about the things that inspire us, that bring us our greatest passions, that flame us up, get us motivated, and I put it on the air, and if you choose to listen to it and get anything from it, I'm amazed by that, and I'm, I'm internally grateful by that, but I'm not going to let that dictate my life anymore. So I think that's kind of the overall lesson that I've uh, pulled from this whole thing is it's not I'm not doing this podcast for you, Brandon, or you, Shane, or you, James, or any of you listeners in particular. I'm doing it for me, and I think that's kind of the purest form of the art form. I could write a poem and keep it for me and know that I wrote a kick-ass poem. I've written a book. Two people have read that book. I still think it's a damn good book. Will I ever publish it? Probably not. But it's for me. Same thing with some of the music that we write. We know it's never going to see an album. And we may play it out live. Uh, but, I mean, whether it ever sees a release or not, it was what we were feeling at the time. We were able to put our heart and soul into something, generate something out of it, get something out of it for ourselves, and move forward from it. And I think that's what all art should strive to be. So uh, I really want to just uh, take another minute here to thank you guys for, for joining me here again on the uh, Feel Your Fandom podcast. Brandon, thank you for sticking with us. Shane? Yeah, of course. James? I mean, I love you guys. You guys are some of the best people I know, and... Uh, I hope that uh, people can get something from it. And if not, fuck it, I did. So, <laughs> But anyways, I want to thank you guys for sticking around on the Feel Your Fandom podcast. Uh, we'll have a new episode up every Friday. And just keep listening. And uh, if you like us, spread the word. Let other people know. We're all over the place as far as where you can find us. And if again, if you need to uh, find out where to listen, we are on facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. So uh, my name is Saint, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day.